You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey everybody, this is Chris Rafalius from the band Punchline. And this is Steve Sabosley from Punchline. And you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. It's a great podcast. Well, hello everybody and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Take two, and then there was one. You have to add the take two stuff in I there. I always got to give it to you. We are joined today by a very special guest, D- uh, director Taylor Morden of The Last Blockbuster. You can help it on Kickstarter right now. Taylor, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us this morning for you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a little early in the morning. Uh, we appreciate you waking up, and with the sunrise and podcasting, we appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I got my coffee. I'm ready to go. <laughs> awesome. So we have, uh, again, Taylor on as the director of The Last Blockbuster. Uh, it's a documentary literally about The Last Blockbuster in Bend, Oregon. But before we get into the film, we're going to talk a little bit about the film. We're going to talk a little bit about you. And then we have a new segment at the end of the show we do now for our interviews that we'll have fun with later. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Pop Motion Pictures? Uh, yeah, that's that's my independent filmmaking company that I started uh, yeah, about eight years ago now. And, uh, it's, you know, started out doing music videos and commercials and stuff like that. And then, uh, started doing documentaries a few years ago and now that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) And then this is your actual, your, your third, your third one, correct? It's my third feature doc. Yeah. And I've done some short films and some other interesting things, but yeah, this is my third feature doc. I'm actually doing two at once right now. So awesome! Could you, could you tell the listeners like a brief synopsis of the actual last blockbuster in the world uh, of the store? Yes. <laughs> the The synopsis of the store is there used to be nine thousand blockbusters, and there were two types. There were corporate owned um, blockbuster stores, and then there were franchises. Uh, the one that's left is one of the franchises. All the corporate stores closed uh, a few years back after the bankruptcy um and then the franchises slowly closed you know one at a time here and there until there was one and now you know there's there's just this one store and it's still you walk in there and it's like nothing ever changed since 1999 that's awesome yeah the other two that recently closed were both in alaska so now the one in, in oregon is the last one tell us a little bit you know give us a little bit of background on the fine folks that actually work at that bend blockbuster uh, well, it's awesome. It's actually it's kind of a family business. The manager there, her name is Sandy, and she's worked there almost fifteen years. Wow. And uh, her kids all work there, and you know, her husband used to work at a Blockbuster. It's really <laughs> interesting. They're like a Blockbuster family, yeah. and I think that's part of why it's still going. Um, the owner is very loyal to the employees, and it's very much like a. You know, it's it's a small town mom and pop store feel, but it's a blockbuster video. And now, are they are they like are they busy every day? Or are they slow? Or right now, they're really busy. Yeah. But um, that's due to the hype of being the last yeah. one. You know, they've yeah, only yeah. been the last one for a couple months now, mm-hmm. and um, it's it, been on the news. It's been everywhere, and so people are coming. People are making pilgrimages from all over the country. Yeah, that's what I was just to come ask. to this store. So this has become a tourist attraction for Bend. It has, and I think right now they're doing more business selling T-shirts and bumper stickers than they are renting. <laughs> I've yeah, the, awesome. the one that's like I've been to the last blockbuster. 
that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. Now, is it true in 1989 there was really a new store open every 17 hours? That is what I also have read. So, uh, you know, we're still making the movie and we'll do our due diligence and, and research to back that up. But that's what I heard. Yeah. In your Kickstarter trailer, there's like a news. Um, there's like a yeah. quick pedal about the news. So I'd assume that they did their fact checking. Well, you can't do that <laughs> we don't want to anymore. Assume. It's 2018. Yeah, right. You can just do whatever yeah. it wants. But <laughs> we, we went there already. What were we, three minutes in, four minutes in? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But, yeah, no, there were there was a time when Blockbuster was, you know, the biggest, fastest growing crazy. You know, it was, it was Starbucks. It was Walmart. It, yeah. it was everywhere. Yeah. What was your actual inspiration to make a film about it? Uh, well... I don't know if you've ever been to Bend, Oregon, but I've never I had the pleasure. Moved, <laughs> I moved here a few years back, and at the time, there were still uh, three blockbusters here. And I would drive around, and this was, you know, I came here from Washington D.C., where there's no blockbuster, there's no, you know, there's no Radio Shack, there's no Circuit City. Um, and I would drive around, and I would see these signs that say Blockbuster Video. I think, oh, okay, that's probably just an old abandoned store and the sign's still up, right? Um, but then I stopped in one day on a lark just because I love movies and I really had fond memories of spending time in blockbuster videos. So I went in just to see what was, you know, what's going on? Is there really a blockbuster video? And this was a few years ago now. Um, and it was just like a time warp you mm. walk in and yeah. it, it smells the same and it, it <laughs> I forget what it same. smells like yeah and yeah if you close your eyes and think hard enough you can still smell what blockbuster <laughs> radio smells like we've all spent enough time in there yeah. and i looked around and i thought well this is crazy and i went on the the uh blockbuster website which is now it's owned by dish network and they have a very outdated list of the remaining locations and had like 50 stores on it with their phone numbers. And I just started calling down the list and most of them were disconnected numbers. And from what I could determine at that time, there were still about 15 stores open, um, in the world. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Where are these stores? What are these towns like? Who are the people who are still, you know, renting DVDs in at that time, 2016, it seemed crazy. Now it seems even more crazy, right? You know, Netflix and Amazon, Hulu. Yeah. Yeah, like I can't believe this one's still open. What's that? I can't believe that there's actually still one still open with, like you said, Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff. Right, right. So that's sort of my curiosity got the best of me and I thought, well, I I really want to know about all these stores. And that's when I learned that most of the remaining stores were in Alaska. And I thought, oh, that's really cool. I want to go to Alaska and make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started filming here at the store over a year ago. And at that time there were still 12 mm-hmm. blockbusters left. Um, and it, it was fun and interesting. And we started getting some story together and it kind of fell by the wayside because I was working on these other projects, working on my other documentary. And then all of a sudden, a few months ago, we got a call from the store and they said, by the way, all the other stores are closing and we're now the last one. And so we, said, the project. Oh, we better make this movie right now yeah. before there aren't any left. Right. Now, was the original premise of the film about the last remaining blockbusters and then you just kind of shifted? Yeah, yeah. I originally thought 
you know, we'd have, we'd pick like four stores mm-hmm. and follow them, you know, and maybe some would close, maybe some wouldn't. We would just see what these places were. I knew there were some in Texas, Alaska, and Oregon were the last three states that had them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, it was kind of an interesting thing, but it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't enough of a hook for me. Sure. And now that there's one left, and it happens to be the one here in the town where we live, it's like, well, now I have to make this. Yeah. Now it's it's really happening, and um, it, it is a really interesting story. That was like a small town that shouldn't have had as many video stores as it did, and. It's, it's like a movie town, but we can't really tell why. And it's not like the Alaska stores where there's no internet and people can't stream movies. Everything's normal here. Right. So. It's just to keep the tradition alive at this point. Kind of. You have your regulars, I'm sure. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it makes it easier for you. Like, it's in your hometown, so you don't have to travel. So it's just that one location. That, so that's really cool. <laughs> there's basically one location. But we are traveling a bit. You know, we're, we're going... To play to like LA and New York and talking to people in the industry and you know some celebrity types who used to work at blockbusters things like that because we we don't want to focus just on the one store we want to tell the story of blockbuster and how right. you know this company went from like you said a, a new store every 17 minutes to now there's only one left now it was founded in what 1985 1985 in Texas yeah. Now, do you have an expected release window for this film? Uh, yeah, we're hoping to get it out as soon as we can, but we're looking at early early 2019. Uh, That's probably. right around the corner. That's not yeah. far away. No, and, you know, like I said, we started a year ago. We've got right. a lot of footage shot. Right. Um, there are a few things going on that we're waiting. You know, obviously with a documentary, you're dependent on real life. So right. <laughs> we got to wait for things to happen before... Totally understand. We could put the movie out, but yeah, yeah, we, it's we can't remember. Yeah, we can't remember what episode of our show it was, but it was about two weeks before your Kickstarter went live, or so, where we uh, even knew that there'd be a movie. Um, we kind of found out about the last two in Alaska closing, and on the air, I, I guaranteed I was like, "There's got to be a film that's going to be made about this movie." And then <laughs> a week or two later, Mike from Earshot. And uh, our buddy Steve Sabosley over from Punchline told us it was happening, and we've been trying to get you on ever since. So uh, it's it's been fun to over the past two or three weeks, four weeks, whatever it's been since since we said that that we found out it's been a reality. I've been emailing with Steve and emailing with Mike. So thank you to those dudes for helping us, helping make this happen. But yeah, totally. uh, it is crazy about. You know, and we we had uh, Steve and, and Chris from Punchline on the show. He had mentioned that he kind of knew you, um, mm-hmm. and there's some of the interviews we've done. What about you? How many interviews do you think you've conducted to actually get footage for this film? Uh, for this film, it's not it's not a ton. It's maybe twenty something like that, mm-hmm. and we're mostly focused locally. And that doesn't count. You know, we'll go to the store fairly often and just talk to customers right. to try to get a sense of of what is going on mm-hmm. who and it, it's become more tourists than regulars sure since we started you know when i so i went and shot some of those a year ago mm-hmm. and i got to go back and, and watch it and see because it's different people a year ago than it is now right that are shopping there but yeah aside from customers and 
you know, we have all the employees just on camera, um, but actual sit down interviews. We've, yeah, we've probably done about 20 so far. So the, with the, another 10 or so to go. Right. And the, there was a, the Kickstarter that is still available. It is closing. By the time you're hearing this, you're hearing this on Saturday, September 8th, maybe even after that. But the Kickstarter closes on Monday, September 10th. So as of this recording, you have two days uh, left to go back this Kickstarter. Uh, the Kickstarter was for 20K. It was successfully funded by 500 backers or so. So congratulations there. But we still have a couple days to hit those stretch goals. What are those stretch goals for those folks out there that can go help and uh, back the Kickstarter? Well, uh, we're about to hit. I think we're only a couple hundred dollars away from hitting. We, we want to make some cool uh, buttons that say, be kind, rewind, you know, like the yeah. stickers <laughs> that everyone can have. And if we hit that, it'll just be free with every, you know, every backer who's getting the movie will also get that. Uh, but the next one at 40K... Uh, we really want to, we have this idea where we will get like a high end virtual reality camera rig mm-hmm. and we'll go in there and sort of preserve the store, right? So, say two years from now, it's all closed. We want there to be a virtual reality experience of this. Oh, of what it's like to be in a blockbuster awesome. because when they were all open, there was nobody shooting VR, it didn't exist, right? You know? So I think, and nobody has stepped up to prove me wrong, but I think if we shoot this store in virtual reality, it will be the only VR blockbuster experience available. That's guys, we have world. to hit that. Goal. We have to hit this 40k, guys. This is right. incredibly cool. That's a neat idea. It's a really cool thing, and we would put it, you know, it'd be on the DVD as like just a a virtual tour, right, of the store, and we'd have the manager walk us around and show us all the ins and outs that's so cool the offices and all that if, but if only you could VR, recreate man. if only you could recreate that smell too if only there was a way that, well we yeah you know scratch and sniff sticker <laughs> goes with it there's your 45k stretch goal <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> for everybody out there, just Google the last blockbuster Kickstarter, or you can see the direct link for the Kickstarter campaign in this episode description below, whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on uh, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this, there's a link to click to go right to the, uh, the Kickstarter, or you can check it out on social media. We'll get to all the uh, last blockbuster social medias at the end of the episode. So make sure to give them a follow, help support the campaign. Uh, for you, we talked about this being your third project. What were the other two projects? Uh, my first feature doc was uh, about a one-hit wonder band from the 90s called The Refreshments mm. that not a lot of people know about. They had, like I said, one hit. They also did the theme song from King of the Hill. <laughs> awesome. Uh, That's it. If you know that song. We all do. <laughs> but there, it was a really cool. I was kind of dipping my toes into the water of making a feature doc, so I wanted to do a small story turned out to be a bigger story than I thought. And it, you know, that, that movie's out. It's done the festival circuit and you can check it out on, I think it's on Vimeo on demand and we we sell DVDs and stuff, but that was a a fun project. Um, a a musician first. So I came into the filmmaking world through music. So music docs are kind of where my, uh, where my interests lean Mm-hmm. mostly so then my second film which is almost done now it's in post-production um i did a doc all about ska music in the 90s so the real big fish the mighty mighty boss tones oh. no doubt sublime rancid you know all the bands the classics right. 
Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you said uh, then that one actually raised what over a hundred thousand on Kickstarter. Yeah, that one we were blown away. Like the the ska community, the fans of this this long forgotten genre. <laughs> you know, the most it's still it's, hanging in there. It's the most beautifully obscure genre of music. I love yeah. it. I just love yeah. ska. Yeah, it's so good. Well, and the people who you know, there's people who dismiss it. Mm-hmm. The, there's this thing we say: if you you tell somebody you like ska music, you get one of three reactions, right? You either get, um, what? <laughs> You're like, what is ska? What are you talking about? Scott? Who's Scott? <laughs> you know? Um, or you get somebody who'll just laugh in your face and just be like, ha, 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 that's ridiculous. <laughs> that music's for children. You're, you know, whatever. Or the third reaction is, oh my God, I love ska too. And those people... Few and really love it. Well, they came out in droves to support this film. They did come out in droves, and so that's been that's been amazing. Yeah. And we're finishing that film up now. And now, actually, that film and the blockbuster film will probably come out right around the same time. Oh, that's awesome. And that's just uh, based on the timing. This blockbuster one is happening now, so the timing was dictated by circumstance. Right. Whereas the ska one is just you know. That all happened 20 years ago. Right. Now, like you said, you're a pretty big music guy, and I've seen you do a pretty mean Rivers. Uh, do you want to tell us? More, <laughs> do you want to tell us more about that? Uh, so I think I I have this problem where my brain still thinks it's the 90s. Right? Same, same with us. That's yeah. why we do this podcast. Yep. All three of my movies take place in the 90s. I've played in some 90s cover bands. I, I do play. Off and on in a Weezer tribute band. Damn right. I, I do a Rivers. But that sort of came about a long time ago, like 2009, I think. There was this YouTube project that I think is still online. You can find it, uh, where Rivers Cuomo went on there and uh, crowdsourced songwriting, right? He, he went on and he said, let's write a song together. I think it was called Let's Write a Song. And so... I found out about it and I had a little recording studio at the time and I jumped in threw my hat in the ring and he really liked all the stuff I'd done and I ended up working on this song with Weezer and it's on one of their albums and I performed on it and produced it and have songwriting credit and all that which got me sort of connected into the Weezer fan community and then a couple of years later somebody was like hey I got a Weezer tribute band and you should really be in it because you know played it with Weezer. Yeah. So, um, so that's kind of how that came about. When can we expect a Weezer documentary? You know, they have, there are a couple, so they've put their own things out over the years. And there's one that's pretty good. And it's, I think right after the green album came out. So it's mostly blue album and Pinkerton footage. Right. Uh, but I know that they have their own, um, in-house documentarian, so. and his and his name, ladies and gentlemen, is Taylor Morden. No, <laughs> no his kidding. name is Carl. <laughs> it's always Carl. It's always Carl. Carl. <laughs> Damn it, Carl! With just when when Carl retires, it's going to be pop motion. Now, he, yeah, well, you'll see. My next five <laughs> projects will all be '90s based. There you go. Now, can you tell us, like, what have you learned from your previous experiences that have like, helped you during making of the last blockbuster? Oh, I mean, every time you work on a project, you learn a lot, and it's it's mostly really boring stuff about how, <laughs> you know, the lawyers and paperwork and <laughs> contracts and 
release schedules and PR and Kickstarters and podcasts and yeah. <laughs> there's just a million things you learn. Uh, I, I guess, you know, hiring other people and working with like a team is something I feel like every project I do, I add more and more people. Sure. Cause I did my first movie pretty much by myself. Whew. I had some help, but it was, I just spent a year and a half making a movie wow. and learning all the little things that kind of suck if you do them all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's probably the biggest thing is like you watch a movie, you see all those names in the credits and that's, they're all doing stuff. That's pretty important. Yeah. So, Oh God, I'm sorry. We're we going to say something else. Mm, no. Okay, cool. We have our, our final segment, like we said, we're going to unveil this crate where well, we did it last week with our interview last week. We unveiled this segment segment. It got a lot of good feedback. So we decided that we're going to do it for all of our interviews. I have seven questions. Sam has six, but they're going to be in a rapid fire succession. So we're just going to throw the questions at you. We want your first answer. The first thing that comes to your head as fast as possible. Cool. No pressure. No pressure at, <laughs> Not all. at all. All right. You ready? No, not at all. <laughs> Let's do it. Take a sip of coffee. All right, first. Ready, go. When did you get your first Blockbuster membership card? 1991, maybe? We need the, we need the most recent update on Russell Crowe's Cinder, uh, Cinderella Man cod piece. I actually can't talk about that. Sounds good. Uh, I figured as yeah. much. I, I tried. Uh, yeah. What was your go-to rental as a kid? Uh, it was Revenge of the Nerds. Preferred platform yeah. to watch movies? Uh uh, Blu-ray. Yeah, me too. I was Same hoping you'd go Laserdisc on me. I wanted a little Laserdisc. <laughs> no, never had Laserdisc. Blockbuster never carried Laserdisc, ah, by the way. Gotcha. What was the best interview you conducted for this film, in your opinion? Best? Yeah. Uh, probably, let's see. Oh, man, that's a really tough one. So many of them were so good. I really enjoyed talking with uh, Lloyd Kaufman from Troma. That's amazing. The, uh, wow. He did, yeah, um, he did the Toxic he, Avenger, didn't he? Yeah, he did all the Toxic Avenger movies and yeah. Tromeo and Juliet and yeah. all those. And he probably hates Blockbuster more than anyone else on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but was just a wonderful, wonderful human being and sat down and talked with us about filmmaking once the cameras were off. And that was just, you know, one of those life-changing yeah. moments that yeah. are few and far between. We, we often find our best our favorite parts of our interviews are the stuff when the, the stuff's not rolling. We, we love totally. Yeah. We love that part. Uh, what's the best meal to go with a rented movie? Uh, popcorn. What? Oh man. Like, it it kind of goes, classic. I was hoping for like a sit down dinner thing. Cause the next one, if you want to count popcorn for candy, you can, but what's the best candy to watch a movie with? Uh, red vines. Ooh, okay. Red, okay. not Twizzlers yeah. though. You're no. old school. Okay. Red vines. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. First movie rented on uh, for a date. Rented for a date. So I would not. <laughs> mm, wow. Scream. <laughs> yeah. The maybe. notebook. <laughs> it's always. No. Oh, shoot. I can't remember. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm too old and that was too long ago. Did you use the Dropbox or did you take your returns back to the counter? I always took my returns back to the counter because I was always renting another movie. Yeah, you're a good man. Same. same, same. Favorite documentary of all time that you didn't make? Favorite documentary of all time that I didn't make? Uh, the Wrecking Crew. 
Okay. Have you seen that one? No, what's not. that about? Uh, it's about these musicians who played on all of like the Motown hits and the Beach Boys records and all these things. They're the studio musicians. Mm. And they're like they've played on so many songs that you know and love and oh. never got any recognition. I think it's out. It's like on Netflix now. Yeah, we have to add that to the list. That it's sounds a great awesome. One. Horror or comedy? <sighs> Horror comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Your guilty pleasure movie. Uh I mean I don't think it's a guilty pleasure, but I tell people that it's one of my favorites and I usually get a look of um not disgust, but like what? Um, but one of my all-time favorite movies is That Thing You Do, the Tom Hanks uh, classic yeah. from 1994. Um, how crazy is this? That's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, not crazy. Yeah. It's um, my favorite movie that's not part of one of the trilogy of trilogies. Oh my gosh, this is crazy! Because when you were saying it, so my two favorite movies of all time are That Thing You Do in the Room, and. Uh. And I, as you were des- as you were describing, it's terrible. I, but but it's amazingly terrible. Um, I know. And and uh, what you when you were kind of going on there, I was like, he's going to say the room. He's going to say the room. And then you just yeah. happened to drop the obscure hit. Yeah. That thing you do. We actually had Jonathan Sheck, Jimmy from the Wonders, on the show. Oh, Jimmy from the Oneters. The yeah. Oneters. It's love the it. it's the Oneters. I love. <laughs> I could quote that movie up, down, and sideways. Oh my goodness! Me too. Literally, the reason I tried Peach Cobbler was because of that movie. Nice. It's the best it. in the Southland. And last but not least, the best Weezer album that you did not play on. Ooh, the best Weezer album that I did not play on. That is. Uh... I mean, that's tough. I got to say Pinkerton yeah. because okay. I'm a real person. But <laughs> some of their new ones, like that White Album, yeah, I like really White good. Album. I'm still a Blue Album guy, though. It's just yeah, Pinkerton. Yeah. It's so iconic. Blue Album's me. classic. It's just so cl- – exactly. It's just so classic. It's I think everybody's first Weezer song was Buddy Holly, and it just never left me. Totally. It yeah. came with – the video for Buddy Holly came with my IBM Aptiva computer <laughs> on a CD-ROM, and it was like the first time I saw a video I love on it. a computer. Yeah. You know? I actually, that CD-ROM. I actually grew up a big fan of Happy Days, so when I saw that oh, video, nice. I just thought it was Happy Days. I didn't. I was too young to like recognize the music video, and I saw that, and I was like, "What is this? This is cool." So my brother told me, "He's like, this is Weezer," and from then it's been it's been a long journey with me and Rivers. <laughs> uh, so that, that was our rapid fire segment. Only our second time doing that on interviews, but hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully the listeners did too. Look forward to that on all of our interviews moving forward. Where can we find you on social media before we wrap up? Um, so we are Last Block Doc on Twitter and Last Blockbuster Movie on Facebook and Instagram. And lastblockbustermovie.com has links to all those and a link to our Kickstarter. But if you Google Blockbuster Kickstarter, we should be the first thing that comes up. Yep. And you'll also, in the links again to this description, I'm sorry, in the description below, you'll find all links to everything we just talked about, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagrams, the Kickstarter, just the movie's website in general. So if you want to just click on those links in our description as well, it'll take you right there. But I want to say thank you from the bottom of my hearts, Taylor, for coming on and spending some time with us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, we appreciate it. If you could just hang on the line one second. Uh, We'll see you this weekend. Actually, we'll see you Monday for episode 107 and this weekend for episode 108. Blockbuster forever.
Did you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free as always. But you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is go to ESOPodcast.com and click on the link. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Thank you.